0: Yo, 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 welcome to another round of In the House. I have a very special guest, good friend, C.J. LeBay um, from Spirit's Destiny Universe. Just a ton of great content coming out. Fantastic writer. I'm a fan, I gotta say. Great to have you back, man. Uh, uh, I've been on a little hiatus, so I'm, I'm really excited to have you on for this show, kind of kind of jumping into uh, into oh, the fall man. officially. Mr. C.J. LeBay, welcome. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, man. So I'm really uh, uh, looking forward to to having the audience learn a little bit more about you. As I mentioned, I'm familiar with your work. Very glad to be able to secure you as a guest. Um, So before we get into your content, your universe, the different things you have going on, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, so uh, my name is CJ LeBay. Um, I'm originally from Rochester, New York, but I've been living in Florida for... Probably the same amount of time as I I lived up there. Um, I've been making and creating comics since I was probably around 10 years old. Never really had the the artistic talent, but uh, writing was something that I was I've in love with since I was a child. So uh, I've written a few books uh, that I've gotten published as well, and um, I I had to take a little pause uh, when I decided to pursue. Uh, career in in law uh and that took up a lot of my time about you know four years i'd say where i wasn't creating really anything but i'm finally in this space now and i have been for about a, a year and a half now where you know i can concentrate on other things besides just pursuing that career so uh it's it's been beautiful jumping into it i mean uh I never knew that the indie community was so rich, you know, um and it's a community that's so rooted in, in love, you know, everybody has appreciation for what everybody does. So uh now that I'm back in this circuit, you know, I've I've been touching base with a lot of other people and just creating.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned a few things that, that uh you've really dove into the craft of writing and I, I know you have a, a, a growing body of work but can you tell us a little bit about your development as a writer how did you oh, yeah. um, you know, increase your own capacity and get to a point where you felt confident not just writing but sharing your writing and publishing your writing
1: yeah I mean that's a good question because you know for years I was making content and not really sharing it with anyone um, but I think in an odd way uh, that pursuing a legal career kind of uh, forced me into that because you know prior to that I just do the most people would see my work was like a a poetry slam or something like that but uh, once I got into law there were so many things that I had to write uh, so many things I had to create and then present in front of people and I don't know, it was like a a confidence booster, you know. Uh, I knew that if I can stand in front of a a group of people and talk about complex, you know, legal words, that the things that I constructed myself, I can definitely do. So, yeah, I mean, uh, from there, uh, I think the confidence grew. And, I mean, like like all things, I I want to take it very seriously. So I actually, you know... To uh, creative writing classes at Full Sail as well, uh, just to kind of develop the craft more. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like your journey as a writer never, never ceases. You know, you can always get better. But I'm, I'm finally in a good place where I, I feel confident where I can create magic. You know.
0: Awesome. Is is there um is there a piece of the legal writing and just legal Thinking um, that lends itself to the more creative pursuits. Do you feel like there is a uh, a skill or a structure that transfers over pretty well?
1: I think uh, object. I mean, just ordinarily, no. Uh, but the better attorney you are, the more you can. Uh, the you'll you'll tend to notice that the the better attorneys have a more creative spin on things. So oftentimes when uh, I had a a trial, for instance, a criminal trial, and I had an attorney that was sitting beside me, next to me, uh, we have to divvy up the work and what it is that needs to be done. And, you know, each of us are presenting the questions and our opening statements and closing statements to each other and figuring out who's going to do what. And I'd say, 10 out of 10 times, they always wanted me to do the opening and closing statements because the way that I wrote them were just, it was just different, you know? Mm. And they, they teach you these kind of things a little bit in law school, as far as creating themes and, you know, structuring, you know, your, your arguments in a storytelling format, but, you know, they don't really go in depth. And I mean, I had that training already, so it gave me that advantage, you know? I, uh, being able to know when you capture the jury's audit, uh, attention, you know, is it's a it's a difficult thing, you know
0: Same flip side of that as as you dove into the creative writing courses and developing those skills What was it that was germane to that? Uh, you know learning uh-huh. process that really kind of, kind of gave you a boost?
1: Well, for sure uh, I definitely became more of an intentional writer uh, with my words, um, beforehand, you know, there's, there's a lot of fluff when you're writing, you know, and, uh, anybody who has gone through the editorial process of, of writing will, will realize that, uh, you know, there's a lot that can be taken out and, uh, said differently to, to get the point across. And I definitely have an editor's eye because of that. Um, I I think having to be forced to uh, be more intentional with the words that I choose and and things of that nature have caused me to be able to uh, uh, translate that better into a written word in the creative sphere.
0: Awesome, awesome. So um I want to jump into a little bit about um, the Kickstarter we have going on. You have a live Kickstarter, Mac and Doll. You're working with a, a team, Spirits, Destiny, Universe. Tell us, a, give us a little groundwork about the team, about the title, and about the Kickstarter.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, Makandal is about a um, a real person who existed, actually. He's a, a Haitian revolutionary that existed in the 1700s, uh, uh, precursor to the actual Haitian Revolution, you know, he's uh, an escaped slave who had an insane uh, amount of knowledge about poisons and medicines, you know, the plant plant knowledge, basically. And he started one of the first uh, orga- organizations to attack the French that were colonizing the country. Uh, he organized with of a bunch of other escaped slaves, as well as the indigenous people there. And they were able to poison about 6,000 French soldiers, uh, which is what kind of sparked the, the revolution to start, you know, uh, a few years afterwards. Um, our story talks about him and depicts a little bit of that in his origin story as well. but. It's a little bit more fantastical in nature, and it uh, also has a little bit of sci-fi into it as well. Um, You know, with history like these, there's a lot of gaps, a lot of things that we don't know, and I think creatively that was where we got to shine, is to be able to input more in there, still have it flow historically accurate, but at the same time allow readers to not feel like they're... You know reading a history lesson but instead you know another superhero comic that they pick up on the shelves. Yeah. Um, yeah we uh, we made sure to get an all Haitian team for this because uh, we wanted the art that's depicted there to be as accurate as pronounced as possible you know that this is you know a Haitian story and I was honored because uh it was Northpiece Jean, you know, the creator of uh Spirit's Destiny Universe who reached out to me uh to to write for this uh and you know we had talks about collaborations before but uh I I was honored that it was this one, you know, that that she reached out for. Uh,
0: um, can, do, can you uh, name drop the artist or um, just... Oh
1: yeah, sure. Uh, so we have Wilkins, Florio, and James Bazil, and they're the both anchors and colorists for for the book. Uh, we have Rick Joseph who I had worked on for my own uh, uh, he's a letterer I would worked uh, with him as well for my own title uh, Baron and he's fantastic uh and uh greg elise who i believe is uh focusing on the editorial aspect but he himself has his own his own works uh you may have heard of Uh, anansi the Wear spider yeah Uh, definitely yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah super talented uh so uh, it's kind of a super team together here
0: yeah i um, actually met greg in Carson, at Black Star Collectibles, when he was uh, had a, s- a table set up, um, oh, awesome, yeah, not too long, a couple months back. Um, huge fan, a uh, huge fan. Big shout out, big shout out. So um, yeah, man, you got a strong team, you got a strong title. I love the historical fantasy, Royal House Digs historical fantasy because it's all about telling our stories, African American, Black, Latino, our meaning underrepresented. Uh, stories um, that have a ton of rich history that's not exposed in the mainstream, so it's new, it's fresh, and it seems like the mainstream is trying to scratch these surfaces because, you know, how many Thor? You know, there's only so much Thor, man. There's only so much Hercules you can do before these stories okay. start. You know, ten we got a whole multiverse of Spider-Man, and right. <laughs> you know, different twists, right? Come on, give me something new, right? So, you know, the uh, uh, I think the mainstream is. Starting to see that the real uh, uh, organic shift, the groundswell of people that want to see something different. What's different? The stories that haven't been told before, the stories uh-huh. that uh, um, are 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 under the surface of what's really going on. So um, that kind of leads me to audience building. You know, how, right. how do you approach as a team, as a group that's pushing a Kickstarter um, to build an audience for a particular book, for a particular brand? Or exploiting an audience that's that's, that's exists somewhere and, and infiltrating uh, in a real in a real you know uh, seamless way.
1: Yeah. Well, we all together pretty much have the same thought that there are people who are just like us, starving to see more of these kind of stories. You know, more representation. And honestly, not just us. I think that. You know people outside of our demographics want to see something different you know i mean i, I think of the latest predator movie that came out Prey. you know and they told that story from the perspective of a native uh girl you know and people want to see more than just the ordinary and the people to be- the best tell those stories uh is us so uh basically we just try to tell stories that we know best as intimately as possible and we put it out there and we hope that it's well received
0: yeah, yeah i mean it's always it's um it's it's a work it's a work in process yeah. to to build audience i we find it it's one person at a time it's one interaction at a time on social media it's <laughs> can you um, create content that really gives them an insight into you, the creator, because uh, they support creators as much as they support the creation. So yeah, you know, getting probably on. more so. Yeah, yeah in many point. in many cases, right? Think about ourselves. Think about yourself, right? If you know somebody, a friend, you know, they might have a product, but you might you might support it initially just because just on the strength of your relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And, and spread it uh-huh. where um, you know, maybe less so. Somebody trying to sling their tape out of the <laughs> out of the back of the trunk, man. You, you know, <laughs> right? You know. So um, yeah. I mean, it's the work. I don't know if there's a, you know, a, a streamline. It's it's a journey to build an audience, and, and so long as you're doing the work, I think uh, I think you'll find the benefits. Um, what's the learning as a creator? You know, what are what are some of your biggest lessons learned, and what are some of your biggest triumphs?
1: i think that uh i've learned that perfectionism is the devil you know i spent a long time trying to make sure that what i was going to create was perfect before i actually created it and the truth is you know it's not that's not how it goes you you just got to put it out there you got to create and then put it out there and you know people will resonate with it and when people resonate with it that's what's going to give you the steam to be able to create more you know, uh, so through learning that, I think my biggest triumph was with my first title, Baron, uh, The Thin Line Between Life and Death, being received so well. You know, uh, I had so many people saying that, oh, we, we don't know any Asian superheroes. You know, I mean, all we know is Dr. Voodoo. That's And in all of comics, that's pretty much the only Asian superhero there is, you know, um, who's not often used. Uh, with Marvel, so it's uh it's an opportunity there to uh, give people who don't typically see themselves on a page, you know, a chance to see themselves as well. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you a, 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 a real a real question because you know we we Rojas we're we're developing a um a series Escalima that's based on Haitian machete fencing um yeah. you know really really diving in it. and i i saw this uh um this expose on papa machete and yeah. just got completely yeah. enthralled in the finesse and the style and the, the culture There's like these uh uh you know like like your old school uncle like with a fedora yeah. and, and a, a cotton like shirt and silk pants yeah. and beautiful shoes uh, um uh, but you can see the rustic you can see that that you know, the the history, the pain, really, right. you know, and, yeah. and they were just just beautiful form fencing like uh, with these machetes and I just was wrapped into it. So, um, you know, we wanted to hang on to that as as a historical historical, uh, uh, you know, African based martial art through the diaspora, yeah. the development started started in, in the homeland. Um mm-hmm. but you know that's the stories that touch point in history is always rooted in pain man oh
1: yeah uh, right, so
0: yeah. How, as a creator so often
1: story for us.
0: yeah, right, sure. so how can the story you know where where is do we do we need to be prepared for that as a as an audience as a culture learning um where do you feel like the bright spots and the the power is is also uh Expressed in the storytelling too. It's, it's it's kind of a tough question, but I feel like you're the best, you know, one of the best people that I've come in contact with to answer that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's something that we definitely can't run away from, for sure. I mean, we would have to. We, those things have to be told to an audience as well. But I think that what is different about it, and this is why it's important that's in it's in our hands to tell these stories, is that we can see the beauty in it afterwards as well. I mean, even from pain, we can create something that is displayed as, as beautiful and, and artistic, you know, uh, your description of Papa machete, you know, with the machete, uh, you know, with the fedora and, you know, the, the open shirt. I mean, this is a result of that, you know, of that pain, but now it's created something albeit not, not known. To many people, that's another responsibility we have, you know, as the creators. Uh, But it's created something that's unique, and I don't think that that's too different from uh, pretty much every other, every other uh, demographic of of warriorism. Like, uh, for example, you know, I'm sure that uh, ninjas, the concept of the ninja, was created through some kind of strife. But we don't associate it with that anymore because, you know, the stories have been told so beautifully since then, you know, in such rich, cool ways that make people only really focus on the art itself. And so that's I mean, that's pretty much my, my life's mission on in writing now. I mean, I, I want to tell our stories in the most beautiful ways so that, you know, it's not that the truth is so much hidden, but it's not the forefront the story anymore now what people are focused on more is how cool it we have i mean the things that we have in our culture are Mm -hmm. you
0: know yeah and and, and, you know i guess you know one more little poll on that stream mainly having to do with this you know being an indie writer versus you know how how media is consumed you know as 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 masses right so you know indie the indie space i think People sometimes associate and and rightfully so with amateur right you're indie right. because you're small you're indie because you haven't been discovered you're indie because right. you're funding your own own work for any number of reasons and now even bigger right. voices writers you know artists might revert back to the indie space because they have more control more ownership right. over what so it's not just a level of capability there's something more uh, more intrinsic in why people are staying or coming to the indie space. Right. When you're telling or- stories in the indie space, is the goal to get back to the main to the masses? And do you have to make your content more palatable if that's the goal? How do you balance that conundrum?
1: I think that the art suffers uh, if you were to think about the masses. You know, I think that the the best quality of work comes from just people making what it is that they want to make. You know, and you can listen to the masses after you created your work and maybe tweak it. You know, uh, in a way that you think may be more entertaining. But uh, I don't think that anybody that's in the indie sphere should be looking at the big two or any other. A multi-million dollar industry as a blueprint because okay. time and time again, we see that, you know, people want something outside of the the written rules, the, the things that are, are pretty much standard and cliche now. And even the big two, I mean, they're more and more these days trying to gravitate more towards the indie sphere for inspiration, you know, so... I think that what makes the indie sphere so beautiful is the fact that it isn't like uh, the the larger corporations.
0: Yeah, I mean cuz once you, once 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 the large masses get a get a hold of of the niche, they just start you know cookie cutter, cookie cutter. Let me get, you know, yeah. let me mass yeah. produce this niche where um think about like a Tupac, right? How niche was Tupac coming out? originally right you know uh, oakland style right. very very niche v- vernacular very niche content where he's coming mm-hmm. out challenging what was you know that he's coming out challenging what was mainstream The mc, the MC hammers the you know rap Correct. of the day um and you know how the role reversal of how much a voice he became you know in that particular right. industry so no I, I think you're absolutely right uh um the niche The personal, the indie, the indie space allows you to tell something different. I want to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was gonna say I also feel like uh, people can feel authentic. You know, they can feel when something's authentic as opposed to cookie cutter. You know, I mean, uh, when you have the the niche audience and you're focused on making the art exclusively to tell your specific story. I think it resonates better, as well. Uh, so, yeah, you know, just to piggyback off of what you're saying, you know, the, uh, that it's it's definitely more powerful. Hmm.
0: Um. I want to ask you a little bit more about your variety of storytelling, as, as a creator. Um. Lots of historical, historical fantasy content. Um, what other kind of genres do you enjoy writing, or do you have any projects on the on in the works um, that kind of span out from the historical fantasy.
1: Oh yeah, Uh, I'm a big sci-fi fan. So at least a little bit I try to incorporate sci-fi into as many things as possible. I actually believe that, you know, there's a fine line between fantasy and sci-fi. You know, so I I keep that in mind when I create my work. Um, You know, something Famous and cliche now is the concept of zombies, but people, a lot of people, are not aware that the concept originated in Haiti. Uh, it's from basically uh, a bunch of chemicals that were concocted from the natives there that causes paralysis and causes people to uh, to appear dead to the to the human eye, uh, and you know your heart. Rate is slowed down dramatically, and they were burying people who were they thought were dead, but they were actually alive and and coming back, you know. And so that right there. But now there's a whole there's a whole fantasy genre for for zombies in and of itself, you know. And so I I try to keep those things in mind when I'm creating. I, I really like sci-fi a lot because Uh, you know, I I do believe that fantasy starts where where science ends, you
0: know. I love it. Um so I want to ask you a little bit more about the Kickstarter. The setup the tiers, how much time is left? Where you know, uh uh, where you know, where can people kind of jump in and and um you know, get exposed uh, if they're unfamiliar with Macandal and the Kickstarter you have running.
1: Okay, so we're about 50% funded and we have about 10 days left. Um, and you can find it on Kickstarter, it's uh, Macandal, uh, M um, A K A N D A L, D A L. And there's a few tiers uh quite a few tiers actually for the fans out there uh there's a five dollar tier where you can get the first issue in pdf format uh ten dollar tier where you can get issue one and two in pdf and a variant poster and uh fifteen dollar tier for issue one and two plus spirit's destiny number one and my own comic book uh number one uh spirit's destiny i just want to say as an aside uh that's actually how I first met Uh She boasts having the first, uh, Haitian female superhero, and uh, and I I read her comic and I fell in love. So um, it, it actually inspired me to go forward with my with my book as well. And she's been a great mentor uh, in that process. Um, so then next we have the twenty dollar tier. Uh, so you get all of that. Uh, but also issue two of each of those too. uh thirty dollar tier which is uh, uh you can get the physical copy of of issue one and two plus t shirt in the pdf as well uh, a forty dollar fan favorite it's all the physical books we mentioned and um it, issue one and two as well uh, of each of those so and there's other tiers that uh grow for each one we have stretch goals because uh we're trying to get uh, some hoodies and t-shirts and uh, custom trading cards and all of that included for for the fans out there, so you know if, uh, if any love will be greatly appreciated.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, listeners, definitely um, um rich history, very, very strong team, so you know you're going to get good writing. Uh, uh, all, all the elements, good lettering, uh, uh, art. Uh, so please, please check that out. What's, what's your, um, what's your experience with Kickstarter, and, um, you know, I guess uh, a little bit of commentary on how important it is for, for indie writers, and, and, um, you know, I guess kind of the mission, um, the goal for this Kickstarter. What is, what is the goal for this, for this Kickstarter? If we're successful. What can can backers uh, expect from from um, Spirit Destiny Universe and Uh
1: Well, we definitely want to keep this getting this story out there. I mean, there's there's a lot to it that uh, we've been pretty much outlining and planning for years down the line. Uh, I I am hoping that uh, if we can get funded, that we can also get people a bunch of custom artwork, uh, posters, uh, things of that nature to uh, basically just add to the whole Makandal experience. Um, you know, it's a project that we, we really believe in. And uh, and I mean, it's, it's just a, a fantastic story, man. Uh, you know, um, I think... With Kickstarter, it's it's difficult because, you know, you're essentially trying to gain fandom, you know, uh, during the time. And, and people aren't sure whether to support or not. But uh, I find that with Kickstarter also is you're probably your greatest advantage in advertising your book as well. Uh, so anybody who's an indie creator out there, I would uh, – implore you to uh, to show as much love possible to all the other indie uh, creators as well because uh, those people will then in turn be paying attention to you and you know uh, mutual fans bring the best the best results yeah. you know
0: yeah. definitely um, I guess uh, one more thing um, as I had mentioned uh, to the audience leading in I'm a huge fan of your writing um, for listeners that are just starting to, you know, get to learn a little bit about you and your work through Mac and Dahl, what are some other titles, other series, other other works that they can kinda of enter your you know, you know, your, your universe, you know, CJ LeBay's universe?
1: Okay. Uh so at the moment I have uh Baron, the thin line between life and death, and it's about a toxicologist who Is basically trying to discover uh, who it was that killed his father Uh, simultaneously during that time uh, billionaires in the city of Miami are purchasing the ability to basically become immortal and the drawback of that is with that ability the strength and health that comes with it they also crave human flesh and uh Baron, uh Max Bernard in this story, he realizes that there's a correlation between his father's death and that and so he's trying to bring them down. Um I'm all I have issue one and two out. Issue three is coming out later a little bit this year. Uh and uh fans can anticipate that as well. Um we have I have a children's story that I also created. Uh For other children of immigrants (laughs) Um, anybody who's ever experienced you know feeling a little out of place in the majority spaces uh, I created a a children's book for how to deal with those type of things and basically the mentality to have about your your culture and also uh, I have more projects coming out with uh, the Spirit's Destiny universe, you know, more collabs um, that we're working on. I have a novel coming out that is, uh, should be out, uh, shooting for it to be out by the beginning of next year. Um, It's about a magical family that's been cursed and uh, by another family that has the goal of taking over the world. And when these triplets are born, they basically uh, become a self-fulfilled prophecy to bring that down. So a lot of things in the works.
0: Deep man, that's, that's a that's a deep uh, a list. I, I think um, you know I, I definitely want to want to uh, give you your your kudos, man, and, and your roses. I think getting to be published, even one book, really separates you know creators from from pe- you know the millions of people that have great ideas to take it Uh to fruition Um, before I before we you know we we sign off um, if you are speaking to a listener that you know has had a great idea that's you know working on something and I know when I first started I just thought it was so daunting uh, before Uh I published my first book you know just just spending that time in the in the space of can I can I do that like Uh I see I see published you know authors and creators just as I always saw them as something way above, above my capabilities. Um, you right. have any any words of encouragement or just some some realities of, of how it can be done from from your own experience?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I think we're all there at one point. Uh, I think that the best thing to do is to just create what it is that you can create, and then anything that you can't, look for help because people there are there are people out there. Who feel the same way as you? Who have different talents, different skills that you uh, than what you have, and you know, just put it out there, you know, as as much as as much as you have, and uh, eventually you'll you'll get to where you're going. Yeah,
0: I know. I know for myself, um, when I was in that space, I listened to YouTube videos and lots of normal people just talking about real you know just step-by-step processes that gave me a little a little boost i i even hired a ghostwriter and he did like like one page and i, and I felt like i could write this <laughs> you know i bought like, that one <laughs> i bought that yeah. one page it's like nah, you know it's probably not going to be cost effective to do a whole book like this but from when i got back yeah. like he took my ideas and just like i can do this myself a little encouragement right um and kind of pushed me through but but yeah I, I think that's that's awesome you, you young or or not even young age wise but just you know young creators that are you know in the in the in the world of creation uh, early early in, in your process. yeah ask, ask for help reach out. There are lots of people who will get you to that next stage. so uh, CJ leBay um, where can people find you? Um, um, how long How long is the Kickstarter running uh, the urgency? Right, uh, and yeah. give us our last plug where people can find you and, and you know how to, how to support that Kickstarter one more time.
1: Yeah, uh, kickstarter.com, look up Macandale. I'll spell that for you again, M-A-K-A-N-D-A-L. Uh, and we're about 50% there. We have 10 days left. Uh, if you wanna see my work, follow me on Instagram barren files b-a-r-r-e-n-f-i-l-e-s and follow the spirits destiny universe as well um we've got good stuff coming to you guys
0: awesome that was a a fantastic show man i'm really glad that you can can help us relaunch into the in our into our fall season i learned a lot talking to you man i'm really excited Uh, i'm really hoping the kickstarter jumps off because i want to i want to see how that that story evolves i'm really interested as I mentioned uh, uh, in that time period and that uh, uh, want to learn more about, about the Haitian culture and, and history through some very fascinating storytelling, which I know you guys are going to bring. So thanks again, appreciate man. I appreciate it. And, and, and we look to have you back on and tell us how things are going.
1: Definitely, man. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll see you for another round of in the house.